Alright, so listen, so listen, alright? We we getting into it. The only way we know how. And we gotta talk about uh we gotta talk about that, which you know, obviously, um oh Lord, my volume is up on my phone. Anyway, we gotta talk about that, which we um which we've all experienced. This is a sports podcast. We have all played sports. And if you have played sports in your life, at some point in time, you've lost. At some point in time. So with that being said, what is the worst bus ride home or worst trip home after a loss you've ever had? Man, it's not even, I wouldn't even say it was the bus ride home because I was in this, I was in this uh league when I was in middle school. I started playing baseball in fifth grade. So this was in my middle school league and it was ran by like some church organization. Um, but I don't know like what determined what kids got on what teams or since like, you know, my, my family wasn't really a part of the church. I somehow ended up on the most trash team ever. The Eastside Athletics, my seventh grade year, 14 game season, we were 0-14. But the oh. worst part about it is... All of the teams supposed to like the last game of the season, all of the teams supposed to meet up. They supposed to have like this little barbecue and the kids supposed to play and all of that, like the last game of the season. The Braves was the best team in the league. And we just lost to them. 23 nothing. They didn't have a mercy rule? Nope. <laughs> Not literally, you don't have one. You just play, you play the two hours. Then literally. after the game. I guess they all went to church together. All my teammates and the, and the team that just blew us out by 20, they just sitting here having hot dogs and eating orange slices and just having a day old time. And I'm supposed to just sit there and be cool with this. Oh, my Lord. That's that, tough. That, the competitive person in me w- wouldn't allow me to do so. That's the, And I get it. I Honestly and truly, I get it. Like, there's, there is no, no explanation or, or nothing there that, that would make me say, Ah, that's cool. That's cool. I get it. I get it. Chris, what was yours, man? Man, I'm not going to hold y'all up, man. If you know Cass Tech, you know we played against them boys out there in Western in baseball, man. And I remember we had – we needed to beat Western to in the districts to go to the next round. And after you beat Western, you gonna everybody in PSL, including Western, gets smacked by the Catholic League school, UADs the suburb schools, Farmington High Schools. And I went to Farmington High School and I see the difference between having a real program versus a PSL program for night and day, honestly, and for baseball at least. But anyway, so we went to Western. The first inning, I, I was pitching against Western. We went one, two, three, against they top three batters. You know, we was we was live in the dugout. Right. Happy, happy. Went out there on defense. We went one, two, three. So I'm like, oh, okay. I'm about to have a pitching battle with the pitcher. Man, that second inning was so long. They had 11 runs so quick. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, bro, am I am I really selling like this? Then bro I'm said, like, Rock oh. wasn't the word. He said, I got the Listen, got no, listen bro. I threw probably 35 pitches that inning, and they scored 11 runs, bro. Well, that's how good mm. Western was compared to PSL. And it wasn't even that I was pitching bad. My team, the Cast Tech. We just, they was hitting the balls way over our heads. Like, they was really just rocking. And then they was hitting the gaps, and our team just didn't know what to do with the ball. Hey, so hey it Chris, was I don't rough. know, man. I don't know. You allowed 11, 11 runs bro, in one bro. Wester had three people get drafted, bro. I will tell you three. this. <laughs> when I tell you, Cass Tech, coaching, when the defense, when they say outfield in, the outfield is in. They <laughs> Not even that. The outfield be chilling. Like, because you got to remember, and PSL, public school league for baseball, is actually the least competitive sport in public. That's why I transferred out of public school league. When I went to Farmington High School my last year because it was so boring playing baseball. Like, literally, you only have Cass, Renaissance, King, and Western. Those are the four teams that's good. King was closest to Western, and we were right behind King. And then Renaissance was behind three of us. But Renaissance had the best program because their coach was also my travel team coach. So he was the best coach out of the three. So that's why Renaissance is relevant. Western had three players get drafted and two players go to U of M on a full ride. Like Western was loaded. Like I mean, it wasn't that's, even that's, that's how it is for every every sport in the city, bro. For football, it was not much better. It, it, exactly, it was bro. Not, Public it was school like four league, teams that 
and, you and mind resources. Yeah, and, and mind you, the entire time I was there, we talking all the PSL. The entire time I was there, Southeastern was good. My freshman year, that's when they had uh, Jonathan Hankins and uh, Will Gosen and company. And and my sophomore year, it was us and King. It was us King and and Crockett. It was Crockett at the time. Yeah, Crockett uh, was nice. They were good. My junior year, Crockett beat us twice. I was disgusted, but don't matter. We got rings and they didn't dorks. Anyway, um, so yeah, that was that was the situation. But other than them and King, nobody else was really good. Renaissance, right, thought, Renaissance thought they was good because we only beat them by six. And I'm like, bro, it was rivalry games. It was pouring like, down. It was a monsoon, and y'all didn't cross the 50 yard line. Like, yes, technically, y'all were one play away from changing the game. But not really. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, but just to finish my – that bus ride, bro, when I tell you – I don't know if y'all – we know who David Barksdale is. He took yeah. baseball so serious, man. And when I he tell cried. you – he cried. Oh. Everybody in the bus was laughing and playing like, we supposed to lose the Western like that. When I tell you he got up and started preaching on that bus, y'all up here laughing like we spoiled to lose like that. That's not fun. I play on a travel team with most of them. I got to hear about that all summer long. And then David was probably the best on the team at the time because uh, he was the captain. But it was just that bus ride home. After he cussed us out on that bus, ain't nobody say a word. It was like, Captain, man, y'all. You take this to heart. Man, my, my worst one actually birthed one of the best traditions in Cass Tech. I don't know if they still do it to this day, but it, it birthed one of the best traditions in Cass Tech. We, so the, our sophomore, my sophomore year, we were undefeated, right? We yeah, were undefeated going that. to the semifinals. Because we were undefeated going to the semifinals, everybody believed like, all right, this is the year. No public, no DPS school had ever won a Division I state championship. None. Even the year the King had players from three different schools because those two schools closed down and they had Nick Perry and all them. Great team. No disrespect to them. They were not Division One. So the city throws this, this big deal and gets us these nice new buses and all that. And, you know, it was lit. It was it was lit. We lose the game on the last second, The literally the last dead last um, the dead last offensive play of the game for us. They only ran one snap after this. Our quarterback, Keith Moore, who I love dearly. That's that's the only quarterback that I've ever had that I like a lot. Uh Keith gets hit, fumbled. He was he was pitching it. Uh the pitch didn't go well. They recovered it. They won the game. Okay. On the way back, now this was at Troy Athens. Now, for those of you who don't know, Troy Athens is at least what, uh, 30 minutes, an hour? Away from yeah, the it, it, yeah. It's about it's about 45. Yeah, so 45 minutes, right in between the two. So it was 45 minutes away from the city. We're driving back on these new buses that we got from, from DPS. Turns out the buses were new to us. They were just refurbished <laughs> old buses. So the bus broke down on the way back. Now, mind you, everybody is crying. We all like the we all felt like Barksdale felt on y'all way back from Western. Like it was literally all you could hear was just just fourteen to eighteen year old boys. <laughs> That's all you could hear all the way back. And then we heard that the bus broke down, and hey, we bro. sitting there like, "Hey, bro, why the bus break down on us too, bro? I ain't want to bring that up." Boy, the PSL bus is ultra janky. They are the hey, hey, boy. Hey, not not go cap, not go cap. Get they bought the short bus to pick us up. They was like, it's only twelve of y'all. We are gonna pick y'all up in this little bus. Wow. <laughs> wow. Hey, somebody, let, let me tell you, somebody would have got stole on like Winona Ryder that day. I don't care who the bus driver would have got stole. Just doing their job would have got stole anyway. But um, so. When the bus broke down, we pull into this Krispy Kreme parking lot and we all get Krispy Kreme donuts and whatever. And like, you know, it it kind of eased the pain. And at that point, it was like, all right, like, you know, we lost whatever. We'll Krispy Kreme don't ease the pain. I don't know what's going to do. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and and the red light was on, too. That's the sickest part. Because obviously you got 50 something, you know what I mean? 50 something football players. You got to make them fresh. So we was we was smacking them joints. And, and, uh, and again... That birthed a great tradition because every year after that, we went to the semifinals. Obviously, we won two state championships. So we went to the semifinals. 
out in Troy Athens both years after that. And every year after we won those games, the every time, as soon as we got close to where the bus broke down at, crispy cream. Crispy Crisp. <laughs> so it, again, it was a horrible, it was horrible at in the moment, bro. It was horrible in the moment. I felt bad for our seniors because they set the foundation of what would go on to become like a dynasty in the city, in the state, in the region. But it just it, it was at the time, it was just horrible, bro. It was it was the worst time. Anyway, I'm I'm glad that we got to have that little therapy session because the folks who who put in March Madness brackets and actually care a lot, they're gonna need a therapy session too. Okay, we got St. Pete going to the Sweet 16. St. Peter's people. (laughs) If you predicted that, shout out to you. You you must be Nostradamus because you got some clairvoyancy to you. So we're going to talk about the brackets. How's yours looking? Is your pick still in? What's going on there? And the NBA, 10 games left in the regular season for most teams. Where is everybody at? Where are they going? We're going to talk about it. And also the NFL, who went where? And again, we're going to play the game. Whole lot of something, whole lot of nothing. So that sounds like a good show to y'all. Sounds good to me. Great show, man. I'm ready. All righty. Well, before we get into the show, I got to remind y'all of the Pod Pick'em Challenge. Folks, we getting the subs up. We seeing more subs, but I'm telling you, if y'all want this bread, you better tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. The more people sub the more money that the winners are going to get, all right? The Pop Pick'em Challenge is if you are sub to Facts Over Acts throughout the entire NFL season and you beat all of us from week one through the uh, Super Bowl, your name will be entered into a drawing for you to win some bread. Now, I'm listen, I don't know too many other pods give you the chance to turn $30 into $1,000, but we are. If we get up to five sub, if we get up to 500 subs, the winner of this contest will get a thousand dollars. So I'm just leaving that out there. We, we the pod is trying to get you paid. All right. Now we got to get into this show. What's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the facts over act screw the pod that's trying to get you paid. We got the master, the mixing master, Josh Guyton in the building. That is I. We got the money man, the man to plan, Chris Allen in the building. Right here, right here. And then you got the little old MC. That is me, Kenton Gibbs. Now, fellas, is your champion? Still in. How how busted is your bracket? Because it's not a question of if your bracket is busted or not. How busted is it? Crazy thing is, my bracket is not that busted. Oh Lord, here come the cat. How, <laughs> oh, oh, okay, so wait, wait, wait. Before we go into whether or not uh, how busted is, who is your champion? Purdue. Oh, all right. Okay. They just beat the wheels off of okay. uh, man. I picked Purdue at the beginning and I said I said Purdue is gonna win it all. And they got St. Peter's next. So Oof. unless it's a miracle in the way, I think I think we uh, be eight bound. I mean, I will tell you this. Purdue, yeah, I, I don't know what St. Peter's gonna do with Ivy, but okay. All right, we'll see. St. <laughs> Pete, we rooting for you. You know what I mean? You 15 seed, nobody gave y'all a shot. We all rooting for you, but that Purdue. It's a tall order for you. So, so what's going on with the rest of your bracket, Josh? Um, so the rest of my bracket isn't look isn't looking that bad. I know uh UConn lost in that first round. I had UConn winning that game, but I had them losing in the next round, so that didn't affect my bracket too much. And then I don't have another uh game. If I go down this bracket, I don't have another game wrong. I predicted all of the upsets right, except I did not have um no, I, mean, I have St. Peter's beating Kentucky, of course. Yeah, I had Kentucky saying. winning that game. I had Michigan getting the upset. And then another thing that upset my bracket, I did have uh, Loyola Chicago beating Ohio State. <laughs> Ohio State won, but they lost in the next round in Villanova. And besides that, I got every game in the first round right. So my bracket is not looking that bad right now. Uh, all right. All right. Chris, how's your bracket looking, man? Well, so my main bracket, the one I got in for the change, I got a Villanova winning. Um, I always do two brackets, one for, for my homies for fun, and we always do this pop bracket. Um, so I got Villanova winning that one. I got everything right so far except Kentucky. And then I'm looking at my bracket now. And I, I also, I had uh, North Carolina beating Baylor as well. I had Kansas beating. I just had Memphis I had Memphis going to the Elite Eight, bro. I thought because they got all their players back that they was going to be that deal. But I don't know, man. It's I'll tell you what. They were they were two shots away now. They were yeah, legitimately two shots away from That's what I'm saying. Very if Memphis would have went to the Elite Eight, I would have been looking good. But 
my bracket's still straight. I'm winning my uh the one for money. I'm winning that one. And the one with my friends, my other friend, I don't know how, but he got every game right except one right now. It's crazy. Hey, I, I got to make a confession, man. I don't do brackets. I don't do it. <laughs> I did one last That's such a give answer. I, listen, I, bro, I was getting cooked. I was getting cooked so bad. You remember the year Virginia lost to UNBC? Yep. Yeah. Guess who my champion was that year? Guess who I predicted was the championship? <laughs> And then the next year, I said, you know what? Virginia going to beat the 16 seed, but they're going to lose in, like, the second round. Champions. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Tony Bennett. You're the reason that I no longer do brackets. Thank you. Thank you very much. Also, JFF, you are absolutely right. The ACC has been outperforming uh, what everybody believed out of them in a down year. So that's that's something to be that's something to be noted there. But I'll tell you this though, my women's bracket is looking elite. So I, I predicted most of what was gonna happen over there. All right. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Type, this this is a title nine friendly podcast, all right? <laughs> and uh obviously I, I knew most of what was gonna happen over there because I've been paying real close attention to women's basketball this year. But now we're gonna go ahead and get over into the NBA. And fellas, with 10 games left, let us break down the uh, standings. And y'all tell me, is anybody going to move up? Anybody going to move down? What's going on with these NBA standings? All right. So in the East, you have the Heat in first place, the Bucks three games behind them. The 76ers and Celtics are tied half a game behind the Bucks uh, at three and four, respectively. The Bulls at number five. Two games behind the Celtics. The Cavaliers are the sixth seed, half a game back of the uh, Bulls. Then you got the Raptors, Nets, Hornets, Hawks, and Wizards, respect. Really, you could probably cut it off at the Hawks because the Hawks are the 10, and they're the only team where it's a one or two games to the team in front of them. Everybody behind that, the Wizards are four and a half back of the Hawks. I don't think they're making up four and a half in the last 10 games. Then you go over to the West and you got the Suns on top. They have a nine-game lead over the Grizzlies. Nine. Then behind the Grizzlies is the Warriors, one and a half games behind them. Then the Jazz, two games back of the Warriors. Mavericks, two games back of the Jazz. And then you got the Timberwolves, Nuggets. uh, Timberwolves and Nuggets, who are both 16 games back. Then you got the Clippers, Pelicans, and Lakers, who are 22 and a half, 27 and a half, and 27 and a half games back. Oh, and the Spurs at 30 games back, meaning they're trailing the Lakers by two and a half games. So, will there be any movement in these last 10 games? Tell me what y'all think, fellas. Um, in the Eastern Conference, I don't think it will be any movement whatsoever. However, when it comes to the play-in tournament, I got a take that might be a, that might be a bit of a hot take. Even Talk though to they me. are a solidly in the seventh spot, I don't think the Raptors are making the playoffs. What? I think they're going to lose both games in the play-in and miss the playoffs. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. They really are like, this play-in field is kind of rugged. Like, yeah. I mean, Look at the three teams oh. below them. If any of those teams get hot, the Raptors are cooked. Oh my God! The you Nets, gotta remember it's Hornets, a ball brother Hawks. on the Hornets. You gotta remember it's a ball brother on the Hornets. So got you know you gotta. Remember. I mean, listen the the only team I that think I the think the Hornets beating the Hawks. The only team that you we have an argument, but that's that, and, and so here we go. Here's here's where it gets tough. I think the only team that the Raptors would have a shot against is the Hawks. I think that's the only one. I think if they play their best game and the Hawks are playing, man, they got a shot. Yeah. The Nets. I don't know if Ben Simmons even debates uh, playing well and deciding to, you know, just fully do something out there. Because has he played yet? No, I haven't played a game all season. If he if he plays at all, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know if they got a shot there. Um, against the Hornets, that's another one. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if the Raptors would be able to uh, take out the Hornets. But the, the Hawks, I think that'd be the, I think that'd be the easiest go for them. So... All right. What about the West, Josh? You think there's no movement in the West as well? Uh, I think movement happens in the West, but that depends on the status of, ironically enough, because we talked about it on this podcast a million times, uh, Stephen Curry. If Steph isn't healthy or he decides to sit out the rest of these games, 
then the Warriors are moving down at least one seed behind the behind the Jazz. Mm. Okay. All right. So that would give us a Warriors Mavs first round. Yeah. No, so, Warriors uh, so, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no, Steph, it would be Steph three. Steph just came out with an update. Steph just came out with an update and said he should be good to go for game one of the playoffs. So, wait, so it would be. The rest of the season out. So, four and five play each other, or is it four and six? No, four, four and five, five, five play each other. Yeah, so that would give us Mavericks yeah. Warriors. Yeah, so that would give us Mavericks Warriors. That would be an entertaining first series. series yeah. That'd be a, that'd be a pretty, good, pretty good ball to see there. That'd be a pretty good ball to see there. Jack, Chris, what are you thinking, man? Not going to hold y'all up, bro. I got to give credit where credit is due, bro. I thought this man was on actual Lamar Odom drugs. I thought he was. Joshua Guyton over there. I thought he was on actual Lamar Odom <laughs> drugs when he said the Celtics were going to be the number one seed. He was absolutely right about them Celtics. They just turned it on too late. I think the Celtics have had the best second half of the season in the NBA. And I think they're going to jump past Philly because Philly's resting Joel Embiid and Harden this, this game tonight. And the Celtics should take care of business against the Thunder. I think they jump past them. And I think the Celtics see the Raptors who are going to pass Cleveland. I think the Raptors aren't even going to be in the play-in tournament because Cleveland is struggling right now. Uh, they got a lot of guys that's been out the lineup. And they're actually 5-5 five and five in their last 10. And I think the miracle story of Cleveland is finally over with. And the Raptors have been playing some of the best ball in the NBA right now. So I think the Raptors catch up in that one game. I think Brooklyn passes the... Cavs too. I don't see Cavs going above 500 in his last 10 games. I don't see it. Mm. Um, I say they win three, but I honestly think Brooklyn, uh, especially if the law changed where Kyrie can play home games, I, and Ben Simmons can play at least five of them. Hey, hey, I can see another, Brooklyn winning 10. <laughs> let me tell you, the only impediment to that is they said another wave is coming. And that is not gonna bode well for for Nets fans. That is yeah, not yeah. y'all are not gonna get bro back if that happens. Uh, yeah. So Nets fans, y'all better. I, I know that it's a lot of Catholic folks up in there. Y'all better do all the hail marys. Y'all better do all of the. You know what I mean? You better get right because well, because because China see. back on lockdown, so we know it's coming uh, to us any day now. I, I'll tell you if they can. I'm now if 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 humans can beat the COVID allegations. The Nets might be all right, but if not, hey, they they in some trouble. They in, especially without Ben Simmons too, they in some trouble, man. They yeah, so so I think Brooklyn, the last ten games, I think Brooklyn can really go eight and two or or either sit nine and one, mm-hmm. and I think that's enough to put them past the Cleveland. So I honestly think the Brooklyn to be seven seed, Toronto would be six seed, Charlotte to be ninth seed, Cleveland to be tied with the Atlanta for tenth. And I think Cleveland got the tiebreaker over them. I don't think Atlanta gets in the play-in. Atlanta has been struggling with the injury bug all season, and they are just not the same Atlanta team as last year. And yeah. um, I just don't. I just don't. Hey, I'm going to tell you this. Nate McMillan, you my guy, but you real close to Black Tibbs allegations. You real close. <laughs> you this far, my boy. He that, he that close? You this far? I'm not. Listen, I'll give him this year because of the injuries. I'll let him have it. I'll let him have it. Next year, if you pull off another one of these, I might have to start calling you Black Tibbs. I'm, I might have to do it. I'm sorry. I might have to go there with you. I might. Anywho, the things that I believe are going on, uh, I honestly, I don't see too much movement out of any teams at the top of these conferences, although there is, they're extremely close. I think the only movement that we may see, that we may See, is I agree with you, Chris. I think the Celtics jumped the 76ers. I think the Bucks are safe where they are. I think the Heat, the Heat are the Heat. I, I think now, Man. Heat, speaking of allegations, y'all got to beat the, are y'all the uh, 2008 Atlanta Hawks allegations? Was that the year when they had Kyle Corver and Damari Carroll and all them? And it was a one seed? Or that was, was it like 20? No, that was, that was 12, 2013. No, 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 no. Miami was on top. Except yeah, because they, cause they oh, were the yeah, one yeah. seed. Yeah. And everybody was like, they're going to beat Miami. And then Miami swept them. Hey. No, after that, Cleveland swept them, right? Or was that Miami? No, I that, I'm telling you, it was Cleveland. It was when Brown was about to Cleveland, bro. It was, my, when Miami yeah, it was in the... 15 or something. When Miami was at its peak, they won first seed every year. All I, all I know is this. Y'all got to beat them allegations that y'all are basically those Hawks. He, that was 2015. 
Oh, yeah, I was I'm way saying, off. Yeah. I was yeah, way yeah. off. Yeesh. The 25 y'all got to beat those 2015 Hawks allegations. Because y'all are a really good squad that plays good ball. Y'all have beaten the injury bug all year. Can y'all get well, the Well, they, they did because they played through with they scrubs. They, they, they did. scrubs got the they wins. Did. They, uh, not Kendrick, not Tyler Hero showed up and said, hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. They don't call this ain't the black bubble no for no reason. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, no, this is uh this is shout out to that Heat team, but I don't think there'll be too much movement outside of exactly yeah. what you said, Chris. Uh 76ers jumping the uh I'm sorry, Maybe 76ers it's... falling to the Celtics. And other than that, which actually works you know, in the 76ers' favor, honestly. I'll tell you this. The the Raptor, the 76ers, I'm not the 76ers, I'm looking at the Cavs. The Cavs are very concerning because, I mean, they're the Cavs. They're going to find a way to sell. But, but, I'm not sure because the Raptors haven't been much better. The Nets still can't have Kyrie for home games. I don't know. I don't know because the Nets got to make up a lot of ground in these last 10 to take out the Raptors. They almost got to win out. I ain't going to lie. They basically, basically I mean, they're three games back with 10 left. So unless the the Raptors darn near lose out, and if you look at who the Raptors have in front of them, they got some very, very winnable games. I mean, like, you got the magic on your schedule. The Heat are probably going to have a one seed locked up by then. You got the Knicks and the Raptors and the 76ers on your schedule. Mm, Can we talk about how the Knicks is 12th seed this year, bro? Can we talk about it? Because I swear everybody said the Knicks threw out all that money and made them so much better on social media. They're like, that's a good pickup. That's a good pickup. That's a good pickup. And now the Knicks aren't even sniffing the playoff. Like, I ain't even close. If only somebody told people about year two under Tibbs. If only there was somebody who warned of what happens every time in year two under Tibbs. Well, it's crazy. I don't know that, what those group of people will probably be smart people. They'd probably be people <laughs> worth giving a sub to on Twitch if they were on Twitch. You know, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they'd be on Twitch, but just saying. Yeah, anywho, the uh the this is all I'm saying is the Raptors have a very easy schedule ahead of them. So I'm not sure that the Nets or the Hornets have what it takes to overcome that. Because I mean, if you look at who the Nets got left. They got some teams that are still balling, still got a lot to prove, still got a lot in front of them. And yeah. they got the the they they have the Grizzlies, the Heat, the Hornets, the Pistons, Bucks, Hawks, Rockets, Knicks, Cavs, Pacers. So they got some bad games in there. They got some a couple bad teams in there, but they got even more teams that Oh, uh, man, you ain't do the West kids. We ain't do the West. Um uh-huh. Oh, that's so right. That's right. The, the Suns locked that up for sure. I think they yeah. defended yeah, they, it. They, they, like, they, ain't no, it's only 10 again, games left. Unless they lost out and the Grizzlies won out, not happening. Yeah, yeah. And, and they've been winning without Chris Paul, so I think the Suns going to be nasty in the playoffs. Y'all know I'm not a big on the no, Grizzlies. No, wait, wait. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Quick, quick sidebar. Is this championship the Suns to lose? I think so. Yeah. They got they have the yeah. best coach right now in the NBA. Monty Williams has been proven to be the best coach this year. He hasn't had his guys. They also have the most veteran point guard in the like in his prime still. I mean, Chris mm-hmm. Paul, he's not New Orleans CP3, but I mean he's not a shell of himself to the point where he's not playable. You know what I mean? He he still he still could be a number two, maybe two and a half option on championship team. Right. Okay. You got Devin Booker who score at will. You got young guys that run the floor and energetic all game long, mm-hmm. and you got a deep team. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you play anybody other than Milwaukee, you match up well against them, and you match up well against Milwaukee. That's fair. That's so, fair. I mean, you're just simply based off coaching adjustments. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. The this. This Suns team has enough to where this should be their championship to lose. But it's something about saying that about the Suns that just feels like you're jinxing them. Right. <laughs> it's something about the Suns that you're just like, ah, did I just say this is the Suns championship? They're definitely not going to win it now. Because they got it all. They got it all. In the playoffs, how, why are we saying that the Heat got to beat the, the Hawks allegation? Because they don't have one guy that you can roll the ball out to and say, I need you to take over this game. 
give me 20 in the second half. And you know he's going to do it. We don't, like, am I wrong there? Do the, do the Heat know. have that player? The Suns do. The Suns do. The Suns play connected defense. And you, if you roll out that ball to Devin Booker and say, get me 20, he's going to get you. He's going to get you that 20. He's going to get you that. So there's there's that. But it's just, it's something there. They, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just something about those Suns making it tough. But pro, Chris, proceed with the rest of your uh, West prediction. So I'm looking at this. The West is stinky. Like, this stinks <laughs> over here in the West, bro. Like, honestly, bro, I, 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 I don't, like, go to state without Steph. And I really don't think they even stay above the four seed. Like, honestly, I think Dallas been playing good and Utah been playing good. I think both of them pass Golden State without Steph. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, is Steph not an MVP candidate because he carried this team through this season? Yeah. Yeah, so you take Steph off for the rest of the season. I think they win maybe three games. They had the easy part of their schedule in the beginning of the year, too. So I know they got some yeah. tough games coming up. Dallas and Utah right there behind. They they about four games, four and a half games back. Um, both of them to combine. So I mean, I would be surprised if Golden State ain't the ain't the fifth seed. I mean You know, the the I I will say this the T Wolves have had an excellent run and they've been surging lately. But they've been surging against trash teams. Yeah, and I was about to get to them next. I think the T-Wolves, they Cinderella story ends. I think they drop into the play-in tournament. Denver hop, hop past them because they tied right now. Mm-hmm. And I think the Clippers, I think they Cinderella story ends too. I think Brian going to try his hardest because I just read that AD possibly could come back for this last stretch of these 10 games. And I know telling people that the Lakers might make a push it's just like giving false hope. <laughs> but I honestly think the Lakers is going to at least, at least pass the Pelicans, bro. It's no way they finish below the Pelicans, man. They tied right now. The Lakers just won. I I, I, I I, just can't see a world where LeBron averaging at 30 a game and he don't at least make the play-in tournament, bro. That That's tough, bro. That's the like LeBron was doing this averaging 27 a game and he was making the number one seed. You know what I mean? Let me let me say this. Here's here's what I think is 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 gonna happen in the West here. I, I agree with you on almost everything you said, Chris. The the uh Lakers. Let me let me talk to y'all for a minute. Let me cause cause see, here's here's what, what I need y'all to understand. All right. This is we're looking at a situation where it's possible for a, a team that's led by LeBron that at age 37 is scoring, uh, putting up 30 a game. And and we're talking about, oh, it's possible that that they don't go to the uh, – that they're not going to make it past the first round or they might not even make it in the play-in. Anthony Marshawn Davis Jr. <laughs> if you come back this year, if you come back this year and y'all don't dominate these last few games that y'all got, Russell Westbrook, yeah, I'm talking to you. That shot against the Raptors, good stuff. But I was when that shot went up, I was, oh man, this cook, this game is over. Hey, congratulations, Raptors. Y'all got oh, it went in. What a surprise. I'ma tell y'all this. Yeah, when he if took you, that shot, I was like, what? Everybody said that. Everybody. Even the, even Westbrook fans were like, "Come on, bro, why, why?" But I'll tell y'all this. I'll tell y'all this, and I'm I'm not even not even the slightest bit of joking right now. They are two and a half games above the Spurs. If they miss this play in, they need to be roundhouse and release papers. They need to be. <laughs> here you go. You can go. You can go. You can go. Don't need you back. Don't need you back. We'll see you some other time, but because this is. I ain't never seen nothing like this before. You need a 37-year-old to average 50 for you to get a win? Mm-hmm. The Lakers just won their first game where he didn't score 50 the other day. And in that game, he scored 33. It's not like <laughs> it's not like he was like, all right, I'm not going to score 50. I'm going to just put up 20 and we'll be all right. The man, is it. again, each and every one of them, Russell Westbrook the third, each and every one of them. 
Get out. Get out. I, I'm not going to lie, bro. Hey, I got to say this on air. I was having a debate with some of my friends, man. They honestly believe that Russ isn't having that bad of a year. Like they, they, the argument was that Harden having a down year too, and Harden his numbers is actually worse than Russ's. That was their argument. He said they was like field goal percentage is lower, and he has more turnovers a game. I said, what? <laughs> what? Please, please, please. Listen, anybody who says that Russell Westbrook is not having a bad year is not watching these games. They're not watching the game. There is no way. Because, again, it's not just about the offense. Defensively, do y'all not realize how many guards have put up career highs on the Lakers this year? Mm-hmm. Reggie Jackson. Reggie. Bro. <laughs> Reggie Jackson, who stole from the Pistons. Reggie Jackson, who was benched. For Russ in OKC, well, not bitch, but who was on the bitch because Russ was there in OKC. That Reggie Jackson. That Reggie Jackson. Was toying with him when he had the ball. Was doing all types of extra nonsense when he had the ball and still gamed him. No KD, no, no KD, no Kyrie. Patty Mills had a career high with James Harden on the 35 points, triple double. Mm-hmm. And you got the nerve against the Lakers on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day. <laughs> and you got the nerve to tell me that because it's hard average one more turnover and shooting a percentage lower than field goal percentage. Like, like Brooklyn is actually upset that they have to let Harden go. They were trying to hold on to Harden until again, it was like, all right. If, if your argument is Harden is, is having a bad year, so that makes his year better. That is stupid. That is, if one of your kids is bringing home D's from school and one of your kids is bringing home F's, is either one of them doing good? <laughs> All right. Is either child doing something that you're going to hang? My child is a a, a a plus student at Cast Tech. Is that you getting that bumper sticker for either one of them dumb kids? <laughs> All right, then. Like, come on, man. This is this, you got to do better. You got to love yourself more. You, again, that. Like I said, if the Lakers don't make the play, this is not this is unlike anything we've ever witnessed. Every time Bron goes up, I'm worried like, oh, my God, bro, he's so old. He should not be still doing this. He should not still be asked to put up 50. And again, that's I'm going to leave that there. I'm going to leave that right there because we, we don't have enough time to talk about them. But but speaking of the opposite of LeBron, because we're talking about the man with the ultimate longevity well, we got to talk about a man who he ain't been hit with the injury bug. The injury leech just ain't got off his skin yet. It's just sucking up every bit of blood out of him. <laughs> and somehow people still are not talking about him as a potential bust yet. Is it time that we have a discussion about Zion Williamson? Is it time? It's oh, man. Time. Please, please, bro. It's please. Because the comments on that report of him saying that he's not going to play for the rest of the season had me in tears in a meeting at work. Like, I'm reading them <laughs> on my phone to the side like this. And if you listen to, if you work with me, I was just checking because I was getting alerts. But, uh, man, them comments was hilarious. It was like, bro, nobody care about Fat Boy. That's what they comments were saying, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's tough, bro. That's sick. That's t- they sent bro all the way to Portland for therapy on his foot. Again, they had to get him away from Burger Street and the beignets. He was going in, boy. <laughs> they says, please, please, bro, no more gumbo. Please, please go up to the Pacific Northwest. You know, they ain't got none of that. Y'all know what why Portland or or y'all know why Oregon was founded as a state. If you don't, look it up. It'll it'll shock you. But not really, cause America. But yeah, no, it's uh, I know they ain't got that type of cooking out there. I know they, ain't. I know. So I'm gonna just leave that there. Josh, what are you thinking about this situation, man? Man, I think it's just time to go ahead and, and make a decision. Um, he, he a year ago now, Zion was in the conversation talking about he want he need a, a new contract or he want to go to another team, wasn't he? Yeah, he was talking about uh, the ain't reports is, where that he wasn't happy. I don't this, bro, year three? This year three yeah. for bro? Yep. Is it is this, is it almost time to push the bus button? I think I mean, so. Regardless I mean, how he performed me on the, if he on the floor, if he's not out there playing games, it's time to go ahead and push that button. I mean, I, I, I say so because of this, right? When he's on the floor, 
This man has averaged 25.7 points. Um, he's averaged seven rebounds, about three assists, a steal, and half a block a game. Okay. He's yeah. shot fairly well from deep. His free throw shooting needs some work. He's shooting about 60% from the field. Okay. Here's the problem. The best ability is availability. Yep. When I played for NC State, I was actually good when I was on the field for the most part. Don't get me wrong. I had some bad games. I had I had a very terrible game against Clemson. But that was the only bad game that I had when I was a player that was like, yo, this is what is that? Every every other time I stepped on the field, I was doing better than, oh yeah, he's in the space. But my bicep let me down, my Achilles let me down. The best ability is availability. It don't matter what a baller you are. If you always in a cast, if you always in street clothes, if you always, if you got to rehab every three days to play one game. Yeah, um, and I didn't mean to cut you off, guy, but that's because they, they said, you remember Markel Foss forgot how to shoot somehow. He had nerve damage or something. Uh-huh. As soon as that allegation went out there, bro, bust, bust, bust. And he ain't been right since. Right. And, and let's be honest. Zion came out the gate 25-7 in like three or four. Mm-hmm. How much better is he really going to play after missing a whole year of development? I mean, and it's not like it's, his game had a lot of areas to develop, and it's not like the injuries that he had is going to not affect his game at all. Yeah, right. Right. That's The rim and being strong comes a lot from the strength that you get out of your legs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, People said I was crazy. They called me a madman when I said <laughs> John Morant will probably have the better career. Do I look crazy now? Do I look crazy now? Everybody, oh, he could jump so high. I watched ACC basketball. I had to see him night in and night out. You understand? Like, that's all that come on in TV in North Carolina. This college basketball. And I, I knew, oh, he's, <laughs> he's good, but... He that is not sustainable. That skill set will last him until he's about 28. And then and the worst part is I was off by about six years. Yeah. That's that's you know, that is again, I I think it's time to have that not only have that conversation, I think it's time to push the button on bro. I think it's time to push the button. Because again, it doesn't matter how good you think he is, at some point in time, you gotta realize. What player have we ever seen have this level of health problems early in his career and they got it cleared up and corrected later? Uh, Anthony one. Davis. <laughs> Anthony Davis was got missing the entire up. two years? Uh, or a year and a years. half? Year and a half. He if you, if you combine half. all the time, all the time he missed, he missed a lot of time and he still managed to squeeze the championship out. No, but what I'm saying is, in Anthony Davis' first three years, he missed it this many games, Chris. Oh, oh no! Nah, Stop nah, it! Nah, nah. Stop. That's only player, saying. only player that I have is Joel Embiid, and he he made up for it. Okay, so Joel Embiid, sure. I was gonna say but, maybe we could put Steph on that list. But here and and here's the thing about both of those players: why I'm saying he will, he's not them. Neither one of them play high off the ground games. Joel Embiid nor Steph Curry are dependent yeah. upon their ability to jump. Neither one of them. They both can dominate without getting, if you take away every basket they score where they get a foot or more off the ground, they'd still give you 30 apiece. Zion can't do that. He cannot give you 30 without dunking on people, without being more explosive than you. So, yeah. You know, it's crazy. The craziest thing about the Zion thing, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know how usually a player be injured or something like Clay, for example. He was hurt. You always saw Clay shooting videos yep. or Clay in the yep. lab hooping. We ain't seen nothing from Zion. Now, like listen, not all a we'll see is no video. Old country buffet. <laughs> all we'll see is bro busting down Benny Hollis. Is that what you want to see, Chris? Is that extra? I'm just saying, bro. Is that what you I want? think that's that's hard to believe that bro ain't like hooping like and nobody got it on film. Like I think that's just hard to believe. Especially in this era where like everybody yeah. got camp. Like literally yeah. everybody, even like the 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 you know, janitors or the cleaner ladies coming by, not like, oh look, I got Zion shooting. Like, Somebody got something. Yeah, well, we ain't seen it. If it exists, <laughs> right. <laughs> we ain't seen it. I'll tell you. No, I'm much. saying though, we live in a case where somebody usually have something, but in this case. Yeah, no, we 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 got nothing. We got nothing. This it's been 
just complete radio silence on his game. But one guy who has been, again, somebody who the press cannot stop talking about is Deshaun Watson. And we're going to talk about him and all these moves uh, going on in the NFL. And we're going to run back a lot of whole lot of something, whole lot of nothing. All right. That's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about these players and their moves in the NFL as far as free agency and trades. And we're going to talk about is a whole lot of something or a whole lot of nothing. So Deshaun Watson to the Browns, whole lot of something, whole lot of nothing. I think it's a whole lot of something. Mm, okay. I think it's going to prove uh, a couple of things. One is going to prove whether or not uh, Baker Mayfield is the, is the fraud that a lot of people say that he is because if Deshaun Watson comes over here and he's successful, um, it'll show you that Cleveland put a lot of pieces in the right position in order to make Baker successful, but he didn't take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Two, I think that although well, we're coming into an age where it's really hard for well, it's always been really hard for black quarterbacks to make a name in the NFL or if they have a bad season, it's hard for them to get a second chance or they're, even though they might have amazing performances, they're, they're superstars. And I think this contract from Deshaun Watson is going to change the tide for black quarterbacks because he's the first quarterback that's not a super duper megastar and has to perform at an MVP level all the time. Otherwise he has the risk of losing his job, but he just got the biggest contract in NFL history. Well, so I, so I think, I think uh, the future of a lot of quarterbacks rest on how Deshaun Watson performs in, in Cleveland. And I think he's going to do pretty well. Well, you got Pat Mahomes too, who got half a bill for, now, granted, but, his is longer. His is a that's, but that's a lifetime. That's, I feel deal. like that's different because Pat Mahomes is not like Pat mm. Mahomes is still a, a mm. he's still an America Apple Pie kind of quarterback. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. He he's not an oxtail. He's not an oxtail. His name type. ain't Deshaun. That's fair. All right. y'all, y'all seen y'all seen his Django, middle name right? is Levon. His middle name is Levon. His, his name is Patrick Levon Mahomes the second. So yeah. y'all y'all seen Django, right? Yeah. He he he's Samuel L for sure. He's hey, Samuel stop L. it. Hey, he's hey, Samuel L for sure. Hey, that's too far. That's way too far. That's way, way too far. Chris, is it a whole lot of something, whole lot of nothing? Deshaun to the Browns. I think it's a whole lot of something, man. I'm happy for Deshaun. I I it look like he's gonna beat his allegations. I I'm I'm thankful. Thankful he's gonna beat his allegations. I never I mean, I don't support that at all, but I definitely don't want someone wrongly accused of that just as much as I don't support that. And if, if they have no evidence, no proof, I think that he should be free. Um, and the thing about it, though, Gibbs, Cleveland, y'all lost a lot of players because the attitude in the locker room was lost, okay? Mm-hmm. Yes, you bringing Deshaun in might 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 clear up a lot of that attitude because Baker is a lot head case wise, a lot harder to deal with. But you paying him that much, like your roster is not me. Like that roster, after this free agency, <laughs> that roster kind of me, bro. Like you need you need to save some of that money to go do something else with. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. They. This move was made to look a lot better. Again, strictly talking on the field here, this move was made to look a lot better uh, by them also picking up Amari Cooper. That that trade right there made this look a lot better because honestly, right. you you don't want to park a Ferrari in the middle of the hood. Like you never want to do that. You never, as a team, unless it's a a true as a rookie and it's a number one pick, and you know. He gonna change your franchise right away, but everybody else is just terrible right now. Then sure, you got to do what you got to do. But a quarterback, Deshaun Watson's age, with with the type of leverage he got to say, "Hey, I'm out. I want out," and knows he can get traded elsewhere for multiple firsts, whatever the case may be. You do not want to put a Ferrari in the hood. You don't want to do it. <laughs> it is not gonna go well. Somebody gonna steal your car. You understand? Exact same thing. Or uh, strip here. it. <laughs> exactly. So, and 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 bringing in Amari Cooper, they they definitely. I like Donovan People Jones a lot. You know what I mean? That is that's a a, a a Cash Tech alum. That's a guy that I saw him in person. I said, wait a minute, now hold on. This is a bad dude. With that being said, he's not a wide receiver one in the NFL right now. He's not. He has the potential to get there. He's not that right now. So Amari Cooper makes this move look better, and that is why I'll say it's a whole lot of something. Because if they would have left him with the the receiver core in place as it was. 
and with Jarvis Landry asking out. That's what I'm saying. Like, um, they need some of that money to, especially they like defensively, they're good, but offensively, like, you can't even, even people that really, really watch football, they probably couldn't even name the tight end on the Browns. Well, I don't know. David Njoku got a little bit of name behind him. But wait, this Njoku didn't leave, right? Yeah, he didn't leave. No. Oh, they the Browns placed a franchise tag on him. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, I mean, he's, it depends on, you got to be a diehard to know who Njoku is, though. If right. you're casual, you're saying. not going to know who Njoku is. That's right. what I'm saying. Like, for sure. For sure. Okay. All right. So now, Baker Mayfield asking for a trade. Whole lot of something, whole, not, whole lot of nothing. I mean, the whole lot of nothing. We knew he was going to get traded because they just <laughs> gave two hundred uh, plus million dollars to another quarterback. So I'm sure they're going to find some way to get him out of town. For uh, I think it's a team out there that's going to bite and give give away more pieces than they than they need to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chris, what you thinking? Whole lot of something. Whole lot of nothing. I actually think it's a whole lot of something. Um, I think Baker is in the perfect situation. Um, so let me tell you why. Russell Wilson and A-Rod was obviously the biggest dominoes at the quarterback position. The only two mm-hmm. quarterbacks that have Super Bowls that's on the move. Right. They already got teams. Yep. So Baker's young quarterback that has shown flashes that he can be okay. He just a lot to deal with. You got a young team that Baker can really like insert his dominance like he did in in, in college. I think he sits. I, if I'm banker, I sit out until the last possible second, and I go to a team that has a quarterback, and he could really pull off a Nick Foles. I think not go to the Super Bowl, but Carson Wentz got injured. I think he could pull off a Nick Foles. Gibbs, how you feel about Baker going to Detroit? Hey, hey, come on, man. Hey, I was on, just dog. thinking of teams that might come be on, a man. fit. And I, honestly, please, please. I don't, I don't want it. Now here's, here's my thing. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. Would I be upset if he was on Detroit? The answer is it depends on what we had to give up to get him. Right. Like if we give up like two thirds and Mr. or uh, two thirds in the seventh round pick or like uh, uh, maybe even I wouldn't even be mad at a second, just a second. That don't don't give up no first for Baker. A second round pick to kick the tires. Let's see what it's about. Let's because he's gonna be cheaper. He's gonna be cheaper than what golf we're paying golf right now. Because golf, we're still paying him for the LA contract. Sure. I'm not if you give up a lot for Baker, I'm pissed at that point. If I find yeah. out, yeah, we gave up our next two first round picks and the second round pick in this player and that. Nah, Baker ain't going. His market value ain't that high. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. If they pay him according to, like, his market value, again, a second, maybe a second and a fourth, sure. You get him a a King's ransom for a quarterback that's going to be a backup anyway? No, no. Realistically, realistically, I think the Lions, you give up one of your young, young corners that, like, ain't really got no playing time yet, and a second, that's about his market value. That's about his. Mind. And again, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be yeah. crazy pissed about that. I would, right. I would not be crazy mad about. Oh my god, we gave that up. But again, if if you pay too much, mm. I'm gonna tell you this. To me, it's a whole lot of nothing. This is like uh, when you already got a new girl and you told your ex you moving on, and or like you told your ex like, listen, we're done. I'm actively looking to go somewhere else. I'm actively looking for a new shorty, and like then the the shorty that you currently with is all of a sudden like. Well, fine. I'm gonna leave too. Then, like, okay, <laughs> that's that's what was gonna happen anyway. Yeah. Here, there was no like, I wasn't gonna keep both of y'all. That just wasn't gonna happen. So, I think that's a whole lot of nothing. Alrighty, Matt Ryan to the Colts. Whole lot of something. Whole lot of nothing. Um, whole lot of nothing. Ooh, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah, Explain I, feel like the Colts are, I feel like the Colts are in a position where they have a team to where if they got a younger quarterback. Or they drafted a quarterback to kind of take the helm of this team, they would be in a good position. But I definitely think that Matt Ryan's best days are are behind him. That's okay. like uh to put it in basketball terms, that's like when when Denver was like, you know what we need for a championship push? Let's Allen go get Allen Iverson. Iverson. Yeah, oh like <laughs> Matt Matt Ryan is that about to change the tides of this team whatsoever. If this was six years ago, then maybe we'd be having that conversation. But this is not six years ago, it's right now. Okay, Chris, what you thinking? Whole lot of something, whole lot of nothing. 
I had to be that guy. But Matty Ice, I mean, he's not too far off of a deep playoff run. I mean, it was it was a little minute ago, but you got JT back there. Matty Ice just got to be 75% of what he used to be. You get that ball to JT and and you got a, a nice you got a nice tight end. You got a mid, mediocre receiver core. You got a nice old line. Your defense is pretty solid. I like Batty Ice there. He's an upgrade from Wentz to me. Hey, um, I not only it's two reasons why this is a whole lot of something to me. Number one, they only gave up a third round draft pick to get him. His yeah, stock to true. me, higher than Baker Mayfield. All they had to give up was a third. I'm telling you, Matt Ryan, as soon as Ridley got uh suspended. Was like, hey, bet fifteen hundred. I ain't here next year. <laughs> bet fifteen hundred. I am not wearing a uh, Atlanta uh, Atlanta Falcons uniform next year. But no, seriously, the other part is that team is ready made to win. Exactly. The quarterback is what held them back last year. It was Wentz. Wentz could not beat the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars. With Matty Ice would have won that game. Line. He would have won that game. I don't think y'all understand. Urban Meyer did not know who Aaron Donald was. Y'all, do y'all get that? Listen, bro. <laughs> he didn't know who several superstars in the league were. And he watched film. I, I get that. But to me, that's the most egregious one because at least with the other superstars, Debo Samuel, superstar, what award has Debo Samuel won? None. You know what Aaron Donald has won? Three defensive players of the year. <laughs> Three times. Every defensive player in the league, they were like, ah, that guy isn't as good as Aaron Donald. What? You Come on, man. Come on. Come on. But anywho, I think that that Colts team with, uh, with Matt Ryan, I don't know. And again, all they had to give up was a third. I think that that wide receiving core needs an upgrade, but... I mean, you could upgrade them in the first round. You, they yeah. got the picks to do it. And and again, this like you said, the backfield. You got Jonathan Taylor, their backup running back, Naheem Hines, is an elite weapon as far as a backup running back. Bro, that's and I'm the not second just saying that because he went to NC State. That is, he is a bad man. He can do a little bit of everything with that ball in his hand. So, you know that. To that's me, the second best running back core in the league to me. Exactly. To me, that is real scary. Now, Khalil Mack to the Chargers. Whole lot of something, whole lot of nothing. Uh, I think it's a whole lot of something. Okay. I think it's a whole lot of something. Even if you even if you look at uh Khalil Mack, he's getting a little up there in age, but he's still a player to where if he's on a team, he's gonna make an impact. And it's not like the Chargers were that far away from being um from, from being a, a Super Bowl contending team. Mm-hmm. So if you look at some of the, I say they line was probably the worst spot on the team last season. So if you picking up uh, Khalil Mack, you improving that, and the draft is still ahead of us. So, um, I think they just filling holes that they need to make another deep run with the team they got. For sure, for sure, Chris, what you thinking? A whole lot of nothing, man. I was so high on Khalil Mack going to the Bears, man. What did Khalil Mack do with them Bears? I, wait a minute now, hold on. What did the Bears do with Khalil Mack? Khalil Mack was the defensive player of the year the first year he played with the Bears. <laughs> right. Okay. That was the Bears' fault. That wasn't Khalil Mack. Right. Now, listen. All I'm might... saying is, man, that Raiders Khalil Mack was electric. Like, you you heard about Khalil Mack always on the front page of ESPN when he played for the Raiders. He went to the Bears. He started off good. He had the momentum. But after that, he fell off a cliff to me. Listen, I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing. He's a 30 year old edge rusher. I I get it. I'm I'm with you. But I'm a, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this. This is a whole lot of something to me for this reason. One thing that stats never get fully right, especially for defensive linemen, is the impact that we actually have on the game. Because one of the most important parts of the game is stopping the run. You can say whatever you want about the ability to rush the passer and how important that is in today's game. At the NFL level, try to try to start a defensive end or an edge rusher that can't set that edge. Don't worry about it. He won't be out there too much longer. Or right. else, or else, in the words of Coach Thomas Wilcher, his KV did's at the doorstep. Strike up the band. There's gonna be a whole lot of touchdowns being scored. With that being said, Khalil Mack may not be as explosive off the edge as he once was. He can still set that edge with the best of them. And that's what the, the Chargers needed help with. 
I mean, Bosa is going to be the number one pass rusher. He's going to be the guy drawing all the double team. If you're telling me Khalil Mack getting one-on-ones for the first time in his career, I don't know. I don't know. This could be the resurgence he was looking for. I'm not sure. Who knows? And I, I hope so. I, I, I was, I'm, a, I'm a big Khalil Mack fan. I mean, every year on my ultimate team, that's one of the first edge wrestlers I, I pick up. He's okay. a left linebacker on there. I always put him on the edge, but. I so mean, we 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 running out of time here, but we got to get these last couple in. Yeah. Russell Wilson in Denver, whole lot of something, whole lot of nothing. Uh, in the middle, I mean, it's Russell Wilson. I think he's going to have a better season than he had the past few years, but I don't think he's going to push Denver past any further success if he pushed Seattle. Okay, all right, Chris, what do you think? A whole lot of something, whole lot of nothing. Nah, a whole lot of nothing. I mean, it's a good look for Wilson, but I mean, that team ain't that much better than Seattle to me. Like, it's not. Light years better than Seattle. I hate it here, man. Y'all making me bring every bit of NC State homer that's in me out today. <laughs> y'all, this man, the, I don't think y'all understand just how mid the quarterback play has been for Denver these past few years, and they've still oh, we found know. ways. We know. But we that, saw them win the Super Bowl with it. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. They found ways to, to get close to the playoffs, to get a Super Bowl, to get things with mid quarterback play. Russell Wilson if he is playing at a decent clip, if he's playing near his best ball, this team got to be Super Bowl contenders, even playing in the same conference or division as Pat Mahomes, even set, playing in the same conference where pretty much every great quarterback not named Aaron Rodgers is going right now. Like, I get all that, but Russ is different. He's he's a different breed. And, and if we're talking about what he has done as far as these past few years, just two years ago now, 40 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Even last year, 25 touchdowns to six interceptions. Like, there is there's immense value to, to who he is and what he brings to a team. And again, the Seahawks had a good receiving core. It wasn't elite by any means. Mm-hmm. The, I think the same thing about the Broncos receiving core. I think they're good. I don't think they're crazy good, but I don't think they're that much worse than the Seahawks uh, receiving core. So, I mean, who knows? I, I think it's a whole lot of something. And the last one, the one we're going to end the show off with, we were talking about Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams traded to Oakland. whole lot of something, whole lot of nothing. And they signed him to the largest contract for a receiver in NFL history. A whole, whole lot, lot of something. something. I say it multiple times on this show. I believe in Derek Carr. I think but Derek Carr will be able to give him the ball, and I think it made the Raiders a lot better. There's also a whole lot of something because Aaron Rodgers just resigned. They took away his biggest weapon, the person that we thought he was, you know, connected to the hip with. So we don't know who's going to be on that receiving core for Green Bay next season. I know one thing, uh, if you're the NFC North, every team in the NFC North not named the Vikings, one through seven on your draft board better be receivers. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, never lied. The NFC North right now, them receivers. <laughs> and, and this is no disrespect to the young man but when you could say yeah Daryl Mooney is probably one of the best six receivers in our conference yo nah nah the Lions you, might have the second best receiver core in that conference hey listen I love me some Amon Ross St. Brown I love me some <laughs> touchdown St. Brown no that man is supposed to be a no. number one piece no, I, you know, I think he could be. I think he could be. But if he's a number one, you need a number two that's basically at his level. Like you need yeah. a one A, one B situation. He can't be yeah. the number one by a mile and then a good drop off to number two. Chris, whole lot of something, whole lot of nothing. Devontae Adams to the uh to the Raiders. Man, I will keep it a buck with y'all. That's a whole, whole lot of something, man. Derek Carr. And this is a stretch, but Derek Carr has potential to kind of be a, a young staffer. He got the potential because he got an arm on him, and ain't nobody in the league running routes better than Devontae Adams. Now, yeah. granted, he, Derek Carr ain't no Aaron Rodgers, and it's going to take a while for them to click like Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams did. But mm-hmm. you tell me as a receiver getting up in my prime that you're going to give me a younger quarterback on a better – coached and better ran franchise team than the Packers, I'll sign up. I'll sign up. You know, I, I think it's a whole lot of something because Carr and Adams played together in college. They were they were a tandem in college that was uh, pretty dominant. And also, mm-hmm. the, the other thing about this that makes it a whole lot of something is 
this, I think the success of this trade will determine the success of the team. And I know people are thinking, oh, that's cliche, that's obvious. It's not for this reason. Henry Ruggs was a speed demon, no pun intended. He was a absolute burner on the field. Every team needs at least one guy who can stretch the field vertically. If you don't have a guy who can stretch the field vertically, it doesn't matter how many guys you have to run crisp routes. The defense is going to jump everything and say, hey, beat us. So with that being said, if Devontae Adams and these receivers cannot stretch the field vertically in a meaningful way, ooh, this is going to look bad. This is going to look so bad because I don't think the Raiders have any other guys who right now can play that position of, hey, I need you to take him deep. And don't get me wrong. Deshaun Jackson was still doing it at, what, 33 last year and looking good doing it, looking Mm -hmm. good doing it. But at the end of the day, you're 33. You are not going to be a a, a burner that much longer. I don't know how he's still been fast this long. It's it's a modern (laughs) marvel of of technology. I was thinking that. I'm just saying I'm – they have to. They have to. They have to find a way to stretch the field. And if Devontae Adams doesn't help them do that, they're going to be in a world of trouble. And you just gave him one of the biggest, if not the biggest contract in NFL history for a receiver. You got to make something happen with it. So we know y'all tired of us talking about tandems and receiving cores. And again, hey, by the way, we need to uh, coin mark touchdown St. Brown for when like I'm in Ross St. Brown blow yeah. up for real. <laughs> But with that being said, come on back next week and the week after that and the week after that. Don't forget to pop, pick them challenge, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Peace and love, y'all.